Is it Sunday yet? Almost. Welcome into the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Logan, joined by Not Your Average Joes, Joe Beldner, Joe Mason. Welcome in. We have a really exciting episode today. We're going to be going through all those rookies and their redraft uh, value this year. A lot of rookies are really important in dynasty drafts. We're not really thinking in that context today. We're going over what do they mean for this year in redraft and where should you be targeting them in drafts. What we did going in, we, we picked them, uh, we ranked them, each of us, and um, we put them together into a, a consensus and we're going to debate kind of what their situations are and why we like some and why we don't like some. So welcome in guys. How are we doing today? What's going on? Uh, I golfed 18 holes today, so I'm feeling a little bit tired. I don't know if either of you guys golf. Uh, oh, Eric I love Mason, golf. you guys go. Oh, you golf? Mm-hmm. So I think you would agree that when you golf well, it's a lot of fun. But when you golf poorly, it's probably the worst sport in the world. Yeah. So I birdied the first hole, and then the other 17 I want to forget about. <laughs> How about you, Mason? How was your day? Golf, yeah, golf's a lot of fun, man. I love doing that on the weekends. Uh, yeah, I just came back from a vacation and a little under the weather, but I'm stoked to be here and, and talk football with you guys. Yeah, I uh, I golfed some in back in the day, but I would get too angry on the course, and it yep. would really suck the fun out of it. And I haven't really revisited it since I was of age to enjoy some adult beverages on the course. So maybe mm-hmm. I have to try that out someday, but... I'm also left-handed, so I can't really borrow anybody's clubs. We're lefty, huh? So I don't, I don't really know what I would do. I don't have my own right now, but I think it's important to have clubs that are really measured to you, or you're just gonna have a bad time. Totally. So why don't we, why don't we get into it? Looking at our rankings, we have Brees Hall number one. So the resident Jets fan here, Joe, why don't you tell us about why you like, why you like Brees Hall? And, I mean, we like him too, Mason and I, so mm-hmm. we'll talk about it as well. Yeah, Brees the Beast, baby. Uh, yeah, so I, I love Brees Hall. Um, I do have some concerns. We're talking redraft. We're not talking dynasty. So he's obviously the 101 in rookie drafts for dynasty. But in terms of redraft, we're seeing him go around the fourth round. Um, unreal college production, uh, full skill set, perfect size for running back. So uh, in terms of becoming the bell cow, like he's going to do it. He's Michael Carter's five foot eight. Uh, he had a surprisingly good rookie season and he's very good on passing downs. You're going to see that early on in the season, but I would say less than halfway through the year, Brees Hall is going to take the ropes. He's going to be uh, getting most of the work. And uh, I could see him rushing for like a thousand yards, getting six to eight touchdowns. The jets are still, uh, they were the 28th in points per game last season. So that kind of limits the touchdown upside. But, um, yeah, no, I, th- I think he could be a top 20 running back in 2022. What about you guys? Yeah, for the record, I'm the only one who doesn't have him number one. I got Traylon Burks at number one. Uh, but, yeah, love Brees Hall. Uh, I just think the Jets' offense kind of limits his upside a little bit. But I still think he'll be a top 24 back. Yeah, I mean, I know that I saw a stat. I, I-, I can't remember who to attribute it to but I know that um, looking at finishes in fantasy we pretty much can expect one rookie to Mm -hmm. finish in the top 12 at running back 
It's happened um, many years in a row at this point. Last year we had Najee Harris, and he was the, the number one pick as far as running backs. But when you look at Brees Hall, he's the consensus uh, number one running back in the rookie class. But we don't always see that number one rookie that's drafted in the rookie class become that top 12 running back. Mm-hmm. So although he is the best bet to do it, I can't guarantee that he is going to be the one to do it. And I can't guarantee that anyone's going to do it. I think I said it uh, a couple of weeks ago that what if the rookie running back that's going to finish in the top 12 this year isn't really a running a rookie at all, but it's a pseudo rookie in Travis Etienne. So we're not talking about Etienne here today, but if anybody's going to get in that top 12, it's Brees Hall at the running back position. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the next guy, uh, Mason alluded to it, but why do you have him? Why do you have Traylon Burks number one, Mason? Yeah, I see a lot of similarities between like how the, you know, like uh, two years ago, the uh, the Vikings traded Stephon Diggs and used that first round pick to take uh, Justin Jefferson. And now the Titans point. did this. And I just think I loved Traylon Burks coming out of college. Uh, the yak is crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I got him as number one. I think he's going to score the most points um, during this season out of all the rookies. But Joe, you have him ranked sixth in your in your list. So why do you hate Traylon Burks? I always thought you loved him. I, I think yeah. you wrote an article about him at some yeah, point. Yes, so it's been a roller coaster for me with uh, Traylon Burks. Or is it Traylon Burks? We were talking about this before the show. I think you guys were saying it's Traylon, and I always say Traylon. So, but anyway, so Traylon Burks um, loved him in college. You know, he looked like uh, he was gonna kind of kind of go in and be like a Debo. You know, everyone says Debo role type player, but uh, he definitely had a skill set. He's super athletic. Combine came around. Um, did not impress very much in the combine. People started to get a little lower on him. I kept an even head through the combine, but then, you know, the asthma early on, you know, I'm not going to rip on the guy for having asthma, but if it limits his reps uh, during training camp, I'm, I'm growing concerned. You know, um, you've got Robert Woods there. The good thing is you don't really have too many pass catchers other than Robert Woods. But, uh, yeah, no, I just – when you're talking about some of the other wide receivers in this class and the situations that they were drafted to, because when I was really high on trailing, it was before the NFL draft. So now that they're all on their teams and uh, everyone has their situation, I've just found myself to be lower. I've got concerns. And um, if, if he has a successful training camp and then preseason rolls around – and, uh, you know, he, he's going into there without any real struggles, then he could probably go up my rankings. But there's been nothing but negative news, and uh, it's it's uh, made a footprint for sure. Yeah, I would say it's really important. It's going to be really important to monitor that training camp. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll see Robert Woods. Is he back at full strength? Is he as the number one receiver? Is it a little bit of a mix? Who is Tannehill going to be really keying in on in the passing game? As we always talked about with A.J. Brown before he got traded from the Titans, uh, it's a low-volume passing offense, and so there's only so many mouths to well, I mean, there's only so many targets to go around, and there's only really two mouths to feed in that offense with Burks mm-hmm. and Woods. But you bring up some good points, Joe, that, like, we don't know what his conditioning is going to be at throughout training camp. Is he going to hit the ground running or is he going to really struggle to get accustomed to the league? I had him ranked second among rookies. I just think the opportunity is really there 
Ryan Tannehill isn't a bad quarterback. He can he can support pass catchers. We've seen it happen with AJ Brown. Tannehill was his quarterback. The big question mark is is Traylon Burks as good as AJ Brown? Right now, I can assure you no. The answer is no, he's not as good. But he has every opportunity to prove that he's worth that first round draft capital. Mm-hmm. Um, next on our list, uh, I want to make sure that we're providing some context on who these players are because if you're listening and you didn't really pay attention to the draft, you're going to think, who who are these players? Brees Hall, okay, he's on the Jets. Traylon Burks, he's on the Titans. Our next guy we're going to be talking about, Drake London, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. He comes in at number three on our rookie redraft rankings. Uh, I have him at three, Joe had him at three, and Mason had him at five. Mason, can you tell us a little bit about what Drake London brings to the table and why you ranked him a little bit lower than us? Yeah, I think he kind of reminds me of Mike Evans a lot. Uh, and he, I believe he was the first receiver taken, round one, pick eight. Yep, he was. Um, really big receiver, 6'4", 219. I have him at five, which I think is still pretty high, but mainly just from that Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons offense. Mariota's the quarterback right now. I just think it... It caps a little bit of his upside. But, yeah, I really like Drake London. Um, I think he's going to be a good receiver in the NFL for many years. Now, where where are you two targeting guys like Burks and London in redraft? I'm uh, pretty much at their ADP. I'm letting him go to somewhere else, to be honest. What about you? Yeah, it's, I, I found ahead, myself – uh, Warming up to that idea of taking Burks around the wide receiver four position. I know that I ended up up with him as wide receiver four in a recent best ball draft. I ended up with him as a wide receiver four in the Scott Fishbowl draft. So mm-hmm. if I can get Burks as a rookie, as my wide receiver four, where I don't have to start him early on and I can kind of see how he pans out in the early games, I, I love that situation. Mm-hmm. Drake London, I agree. I have not picked him in any drafts. I probably haven't even looked his way. Exactly. Because he's not going to be the number one target in that offense. Kyle Pitts is going to be. Um, and in the red zone, I think he's going to be a beast eventually. But in an offense that is going to struggle to even get to the red zone, I don't really see him becoming a Mike Evans if you're not scoring touchdowns as a team. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and going off of what you said um... – you know, huge body, great jump ball wide receiver. Um, doesn't really bring too much to the table as a route runner. Uh, it's basically like, you know, throw up throw up the lob and he's going to alley-oop it. He's like Blake Griffin on the, on the football field, you know. But, um, yeah, very similar size to Kyle Pitts. We just saw Kyle Pitts, go, like, have a terrific season, but touchdowns weren't there. Um, that was with Matt Ryan. You know, now, you, like you guys said, now Mariota's there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't have the touchdown support. Um, I don't think he's gonna have even close to a thousand yards, like maybe seven hundred yards. So it's just like I don't see the upside in taking him where he's going in redraft. Yeah, one addition you have to worry about is also if Desmond Ritter, the rookie quarterback for mm-hmm. the Falcons, takes over that job, the prospect of London putting up consistent numbers is gonna be very poor. He might put up big games, but I mean, in fantasy redraft leagues, you have to know when to start these guys. I think that's something that's taken for granted in draft season is, oh, Drake London, he could have some huge games, but are you going to have the confidence to start him when he does? No. It's unlikely that you are. So moving on. Yeah, go ahead, ahead, Mason. 
one thing real quick, just for everybody's awareness for PPR Burks is going at the eight Oh one. Drake London is going up at the seven Oh nine. And I would be comfortable taking Burks because you always want, like I always try to stay away from rookie wide receivers for redraft because they got to have the upside. And in my opinion, I think Burks has the upside um, and -hmm. London just because the Atlanta Falcons, I think is steering me away a little bit. All right, so uh, next we're going to look at a guy who actually tied in our consensus rankings with London, and that's Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets, wide receiver, first-round pick in the April draft. Um, Again, we have a second New York Jet (laughs) in the top four of our rookie redraft rankings, so I'll, I'll pass it to Joe again for a little bit of context on why he's so high on Garrett Wilson. He ranked him second while I ranked him fifth and Mason ranked him fourth. Yeah, so I really try to stay away from Jets players. So this is, this is probably a curse, ranking him second. But um, when I'm looking at all the wide receivers, it's just like so many people had him as their wide receiver one in the draft, going into the draft. And then all of a sudden it's like he gets picked 10th by the New York Jets, worst franchise ever, and now everybody hates him. You know, it's like I feel like he was going so high in rookie rookie uh rookie drafts for dynasty. And then all of a sudden it was like nothing. Everybody was against him. So I don't think it's going to be early on. I think Elijah Moore is going to be the guy. He's going to be the wide receiver one in the offense. But I just think that Garrett Wilson is the most skilled wide receiver in the draft. And there's no Jamar Chase. There's no Justin Jefferson. But uh, he he could really pick things up in the second half of the year. And like, because I'm not totally in on any of these rookie wide receivers and redraft this year, I'd rather take the best receiver, even if Zach Wilson's throwing in the ball, but who I expect to have a better year too. Nothing tremendous, but definitely improved um, more consistency. So, you know, you have Elijah taking away uh, some of the defensive attention. I could just see Garrett Wilson really uh, having a big second half of the year, kind of like what we saw with Elijah Moore last year. Yeah, the one thing, we have Garrett Wilson ranked pretty highly in our rankings, but mm-hmm. he's going relatively later in drafts, certainly behind some of the running backs. And um, at that draft point, I think, Mason, are you able to pull up that ADP on Garrett Wilson? Um, I'm I'm real, I'm willing to take the risk because you're not going to be taking him to be a flex or a starter in your lineup. You're really yep. looking at taking him to be a bench guy that you kind of see how he does early on. And if you have to cut him loose, then so be it. It was worth taking the risk. Um, but what what are you doing in drafts, Joe? Do you do you find yourself taking Garrett Wilson because of the loyalty, or are you taking him because you think he's going to be good? Yeah, so I took him in the Scott Fishbowl. Obviously, uh, we don't have too many drafts going on right now. But, uh, yeah, no, if we have our rankings and everything, but, like, as of right now, if I'm taking two rookie wide receivers, it's most often going to be Garrett Wilson and his Ohio State buddy, Chris Olave, who I'm sure we're going to get to very soon. All right, yeah. As you said, Chris Olave is next on our list. We have him pretty much ranked the same across the board with you, uh, Mason, and I. Uh, I have him at fourth. Joe, you have him at fifth. And Mason, you have him at sixth. The average comes out to five. Um, Chris Olave is a wide receiver that was taken the first round by the New Orleans Saints out of Ohio State. We saw a big run from those Ohio State wide receivers mm-hmm. uh, where Olave went, Garrett Wilson went, 
Um, and then you also had a guy who used to play for Ohio State and Jameson Williams. He went to the Lions. Uh, Joe, why don't you tell me again about Chris Olave of the New Orleans Saints? The, I yeah. know that you've done a little bit more rookie research than I have, so yeah, that's why nah. I keep throwing it to you. I get excited about Chris Olave because, uh, you know, it's not the sexiest name because he's not like uh, – like, obviously, if you remember the combine, like, his time came out, like, very, very freakish when the clock first hit, and then they, they found out that they did it wrong. So he's not as fast as people thought. He's still really, really fast. Yeah, I remember but, you uh, texting me about that. Yeah. We were talking about, people oh, were my gosh, out. how is this possible? Is he really yeah, that Usain fast? Bull. Usain Bull. And on, then they throw the it field. in later on, like, after the combine. Like, oh, by the way, that was unofficial, yeah. and he was this, Wasn't it? this fast. Wasn't it, like, 416 or something it was ridiculous. like that? Stupid. Yeah, no, he was yeah. It was, like, a hundredth of a second off of the, like, record yeah. or something, <laughs> and they weren't even making that big of a deal about it. Forget about speed, though. With Chris Olave, first word that comes to mind is going to be smooth. You know, he, he's so smooth on the football field. And, uh, you know, he, his elusive, smooth routes, it's going to translate to fantasy points. Um, I don't know about you guys. I'm very, very out on Michael Thomas. You know, like uh, the slant man was the wide receiver one in this offense. I think that his days are kind of numbered. Um, it's been a very long time since we've seen him be productive on the football field. Uh, and then Jameis Winston, you know, he's, uh, he's more of a joke. <laughs> for football uh lately but um you know he had yeah but over I mean, 5000 yards in a season but he had over 5000 yards in a season and uh you know we saw it with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans when he was with the Bucks he could be very productive for his fantasy wide receivers so Chris Olave he's going he's going a little bit later than these big name guys um a little bit overshadowed because of but you know the team traded up to get him there's a clear uh, opportunity there, and I think Jameis is just good enough that he could he could support him. Yeah, with with these rookie picks, I mean, you're getting them at a relative discount. They often outplay their ADP. It just they just go about it in a different way, where you don't really see them hit the ground running. You see them come on the scene later, like an Amon Ross St. Brown last year. Mm-hmm. He wasn't rosterable for most of the season. I think we forget some of that, where he finished in the top 24 at the end of the season after an insane run of games at the end of the season. But, like, if you had him on your roster, he was just clogging your bench. He was putting up barely, like, 8 to 10 points if you were lucky. So if you're taking a guy like Chris Olave, he might not blow up immediately. You kind of have to be patient. Take some time. If you put an investment into him, you got to wait until it plays out. He's being taken as the wide receiver 46 right now in sleeper drafts. Take all the ADP with a little bit of a grain of salt right now because we're such an early July timeline where these redraft these redraft ADPs are going to be fluctuating quite a bit. And you might even see some rookies go down as you see casual players get into it and not really recognize the names and pick veterans over them. But when you're getting, getting Chris Olave, who potentially could be the number one target in this Saints offense at wide receiver 46... It's it's worth a gamble. Yeah, yeah. When I, when I heard you say Amon Ross St. Brown, I was gonna tell you, no Amon Ross St. Brown, no Devin Singletary talk this episode after we rose <laughs> so many times last episode. Oh no! Yeah, oh, I was no. like, if I if I hear either their name, his head's gonna blow up. <laughs> but I mean, I just justified why Joe or, or why Mason shouldn't have started Amon Ross St. Brown is because true. I mean, he his precedence was not really great and so he had a blow up game but how do you trust him 
uh, in the playoffs when you kind of count on the guys that got you there, and he wasn't one of them. I agree. Now, uh, the next next player is another running back, finally. We went from Brees Hall, the running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. And now we're looking at Ken Walker. Kenneth Walker, now he wants to be Ken Walker. Uh, Kenny. Kenny Walker. Are we walking or running to go get Ken Walker in drafts? <laughs> I'm, I'm running. Crawling. Yeah. I'm, uh, I just think uh, Penny you know, is going to be the lead back. Uh, and, you know, Ken Walker could have a solid season if, you know, Penny goes down with injury, but I never mm-hmm. like to try to predict that, you know, uh, 100%. so yeah, I'm a little off on Ken Walker. Yeah. You, you know, two rookies, uh, finished in the top 24, uh, for fantasy running backs, uh, for seven straight seasons. And, uh, I think this is the year where it's not going to happen. You know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna cut that streak early. Uh, like you said, um, I mean, your rankings don't dictate that though, Joe, you have them ranked fourth. Yeah, but that that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean compared to the other running backs that are not rookies. Okay. Yeah. So you just I think like it, I, you I like the receivers kind of weak, even less. Yeah, I think it's a weak redraft class. Yeah. You know, we we've gotten spoiled. We had Najee last year for running back. We've had Jamar Chase. We had Justin Jefferson. I just don't think that anyone's gonna live up to that level of production this season. I feel that. Um, mm-hmm. And again, Ken Walker. He's on the Seattle Seahawks. Running back. What round was Ken Walker taken in? Was he a second round pick? He was a second round pick. He was, and I don't understand it because the Seahawks obviously are in a rebuild, and I just think you didn't need to spend high capital on a running back like that. So, as a Niners fan, I love it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going at RB thirty five right now in drafts, which I think is kind of what you expect. I you can't really rely on him right now, and, and barring any injuries to Rashad mm-hmm. Penny. That's the only way that I see fantasy relevance. And like yeah. uh, Mason said, you know, you're not going to draft hoping that Penny goes down, even though history would say that he does. And when but, you're taking a flyer on a running back, you want the upside of being in a good offense that could mm-hmm. produce touchdowns, and the Seattle Seahawks really don't provide that. And so you have a relatively one-dimensional running back in Walker. He's gonna When he becomes fantasy relevant, he's going to be relying on rushing touchdowns, and I just don't think that – that Seahawks offense, barring a trade for maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, is going to be really producing anything in the in the semblance of above-average touchdown production. They'll probably mm-hmm. be near the bottom of the league in that regard. So not many touchdowns, brings very little to the passing uh, game, and uh, is going to be the running back to in the offense. So yeah. I would say we are crawling. And we are Ken Crawler. Ken, Ken Crawler. Let's, where where do we like get the trademark, trademark on trademark. that? Trademark, Ken Crawler. All right, so uh, next on our list, we have another rookie wide receiver. It is Sky Moore of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think a lot of the hype around him is based on who his quarterback is. Mason certainly has bought into the Sky Moore hype. He has him ranked third out of rookies in redraft. So, Mason, tell us, why do you love Sky Moore? Yeah, he. I forget what college he went to, but he came out of a smaller Western school. Western Michigan. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds right. Yeah, um, and you know the departure of Tyreek Hill, they need a new wide receiver to step in and be the one. And they got Juju. They signed Juju. They signed MVS. And I don't know where Travis Kelsey is going to be. He's getting older. Obviously, he's still great, but you know that 
all all those factors and obviously playing with Patrick Mahomes gets me really excited about Sky Moore. I have him as my number three rookie for this season. So you're confident that he's going to be good for redraft this year, not just his dynasty situation. Yeah, correct. I think he's in a good situation, uh, a good spot to perform this season. And also today, Justin Ross went on IR for mm-hmm. season ending, uh, I think, foot surgery again. So just more opportunity for Sky Moore to, to, to step up because I believe the talent is there and I think he's going to do well in his position. Now, Joe, on the other hand, is not a big Sky Moore fan, and I would find myself a little bit in the middle. I think the opportunity to fill the void of Tyreek Hill is there, but yep. I don't know if he's going to be the one to do it. I'm more leaning on the juju side of things. Um, and ADP would seem to verify that stance where he's going as the 60th wide receiver off the board currently. Um, I think Juju is going probably in the 20s somewhere. So the flag has been planted on Juju to take over the reins for the Tyreek Hill production. Obviously not the same role, not the same player at all. Mm-hmm. But um, Patrick Mahomes, for as great as he's been, has never produced two really good high-quality co- high receivers. So it'll be interesting to see if it's going to be kind of a fill the void via committee where there's going to be two serviceable options at wide receiver or there's going to be one good one again and nobody else behind Kelsey. Um, but I'm excited to see Sky Moore from a dynasty perspective, but I don't find myself targeting him at all, even even given his late draft uh, position at 60. Yeah, so like you said, I'm uh I'm not too into him for redraft. I- I'm all in, like like you are for dynasty. Very very excited, but uh, I really like him as a wide receiver. His tape checks every box. He's mature. Um. I think that he could step in, and I, I, I see a world where he steps in and he uh, has has some success on the on uh, the field with the Chiefs. But I am concerned that uh, Juju is going to get a lot of the slot work. You have Kelsey just taking so many targets, and I, I think Kelsey finishes as a tight end one this year. I think, you know, the cliff is coming. He's getting old, but I, I don't think it's here yet. So you have Kelsey taking all the targets, Juju working in the slot, getting more. Uh, more work than Sky, and then you have MBS as default target. So, I just don't think it's consistent. Like you know, you had McCall Hardman uh, come in a few years ago, and uh, you know has has not had any consistency in the league. Obviously, Sky Moore is a much different player, but you know when McCall Hardman was coming into the league, we had high expectations too. Um, I just think in year one, I'm not in. Uh, I'm fine with taking the flyer because the opportunity's there. He's attached to Mahomes, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how many teams I'm going to draft him to this year, to be honest. I think I got him so high also because I'm just not a fan of me, Cole Hardman. My brother mm-hmm. can attest to this because he's he owns him everywhere, and I have zero shares. <laughs> yeah, no, I hate so. Hardman. I mean, I don't hate. <laughs> I don't hate him. Hate's a strong word, but uh, in terms of fantasy, yeah, no. All right, from one player that Mason loves to one that he doesn't particularly love, or some might say hate, we've got James Cook of the Buffalo Bills, a running back. Uh, why do you hate James Cook, Mason? Yes. <laughs> and again, hate is a strong word. Why do you hate James Cook? 
for what he brings in redraft fantasy football. Yeah, not not personality. Yeah, so I'm sure James Cook's a wonderful guy, but he's uh, Derek's got him at number six. Joe's got him at nine. I got him at 15. And the reason why I have him kind of low, uh, number one, he wasn't even the best running back on his college team. I think Boom. Zamir White was a much better running back. He did go to a good a good team, the Buffalo Bills. However, Josh Allen steals a lot of rushing touchdowns. Um, and, you know, Singletary had that great end of the year last season. Um, you know, Haven't another... you heard, though, that James Cook is Dalvin's brother? I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. I know. And everybody I think everyone's thinking that he could be Dalvin Cook. Exactly. Yeah, there's just, only they're built totally Dalvin different. Cook. Yeah. Uh another reason I've seen as a dynasty player, I've seen this multiple times where a running back goes to what people perceive to be a fantastic landing spot. Uh and you know, last year or two years ago it was Clyde where he went to the Chiefs and yeah, he started out pretty good. And ever since then, he hasn't really lived up to the hype. And then mm-hmm. now you got Trey Sermon last year taken in the third round, just like, uh, you know, just like James Cook was. And his ADP is just shooting up, and I'm just not a fan of it. So uh, I think he he's going to have a pass catching role, but I just don't see him having, you know, a, a top ten rookie season, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, I had him ranked the highest, and I think that's just a product of the offense that he's in and the upside he would have if he were to get an increased workload. A lot of these rookies, when I look at them, they don't really have a path to relevance as much as James Cook does. Uh, it, is, it would take um, more trust and the lead role in the offense, which the Buffalo Bills haven't really been, haven't really had a tendency to do with any of their running backs. Last year, we, we saw Devin Singletary start the year with a little bit of Zach Moss mixed in. And then at some point they tried a Matt Breida experiment, which was almost kind of the most successful. And then they went back to Devin Singletary and he just dominated the end, the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of my, my thought process b- behind putting James Cook at six ahead of a lot of other guys, uh, just because of his association with that really good offense in Buffalo. Yeah. So Singletary is going to be a, free agent in March, 2023. So uh, it could potentially be his last year with the bills. Uh, I don't see why not, why, why they want to run him into the ground this year. Uh, <laughs> obviously Josh Allen's pretty much the running back one anyway, but um, yeah. So I think the allure besides obviously being attached to one of the better offenses in the league is that he's people think he's going to get a lot of passing work, but uh, running backs that don't bring much, to the table in terms of uh, rushing or rushing touchdowns that get get a decent amount of targets, it's not as good for fantasy as you would think. So year one, um, you're not going to get most of the rushing work, most likely because Singletary's there. Josh Allen's running the ball all the time, taking touchdowns away from both of them. So let's, let's say James Cook gets like four catches in a game. It equates to like 40 yards and he doesn't have a touchdown. I think that's going to happen a lot more times than not. So it's like, I, I'm not very excited. That's fair. But I, we're going to move on. We'll agree to disagree a little bit. Mm-hmm. Next on our list is Isaiah Spiller. He's a running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said San Diego. How many years has it been? <laughs> Probably <laughs> three or four, but that's okay. I do it all the time still. LA fans don't know either, so don't worry about it. 
Isaiah Spiller, uh, he fell in drafts quite a bit. His combine showing helped uh, propel his fall down the rankings in terms of drafts. I think he ended up being in the fourth or fifth round. If I might be, cor- you could correct me if I'm wrong. But Isaiah Spiller steps into a situation where he's going to be the presumed backup behind Austin Eckler in that offense, but he's going to be a distant backup to Austin Eckler. We saw Austin Eckler get a lot more work than he ever has, but last year he finally surpassed 200 carries. He had a ton of targets as per usual, ton of uh, red zone looks, scored a ton of touchdowns. Um, I think that Spiller will cut into Eckler's work a little bit more than the other RBs that have had that position. And uh, if you look at the history of the Chargers the last few years, they've been looking for that RB2, and they're hoping that Spiller's that guy, but they haven't really had a track record of picking the right guys to do that. You look at Larry Roundtree, was essentially a failure in that role. Um, I mean, Justin Jackson had a few good games here and there, and they have chosen not to sign him again because usually he was hurt. Um, and who's another guy that kind of – Joshua Kelly – Yep. Joshua Kelly yep, also they tried the Joshua Kelly experiment that didn't work out for them so they're hoping that third time's a charm with Spiller uh, as far as drafting a running back to take over that secondary role um, I have him the lowest at 13 Joe ranked him at 8 and Mason at 9 uh, so somebody sell me on Spiller because I'm, I'm really not sold so, yeah uh, yeah, no, amazing. Go first. So I'll take a shot at it. So Spiller was taken in the fourth round, and I think before the draft and before uh, the combine, he was like a top three running back. And then, you know, now he's fallen way down here, right? Mm-hmm. I think if you look at, like you said, Derek, there's guys like, you know, uh, Justin Jackson had some big weeks when Eckler got hurt. And every year Eckler's missed a couple games, right? Or I think two years ago he like tore, he pulled his hamstring, missed like six weeks. I think that there's a bunch of upside with that Chargers offense and Isaiah Spiller if, you know, knock on wood, nothing happens to Eckler. But I think there's just a lot of upside there with having a running back in that system. So you're using the James Cook argument against me for Spiller. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Eckler, Eckler's looking swole. He's posting on his Instagram. He loves flexing for the fantasy players. What did he say? Ready to carry all your fantasy teams on my back this year. You got to love that he's so into the fantasy football world. Oh, the best. I love it. He should be everyone's favorite player. <laughs> Legit. Although I never ended up taking him. I don't know. Me neither. And I always have a little <laughs> bit of con- I kind of always have a little bit of concerns. But uh we would love to have him on the show one day. Maybe not episode 2. <laughs> need a, need a couple more listeners. But uh yeah, no. So Isaiah Spiller, the reason why I have him so high, um and I'm, I'm not in love with him for redraft either. We're we're obviously going through our rankings and uh like I said, I'm not I'm not tremendously high on too many wide receivers or running backs um, for redraft this season, but he's attached to another incredible offense. And the thing that I like about him is he's got the handcuff value where, you know, we, we said that Eckler usually misses some games. Uh, he's like Superman in the body of mighty mouse. Cause he's just <laughs> not, he's, he's not meant to be a bell cow, even though last year he had so many touchdowns. He's unbelievable. But yeah, I see Isaiah Spiller coming in very early and taking that goal line work. You know, he, he's kind of built like a truck, whereas uh, Austin Eckler, he can do almost anything. But you, you can't you can't uh, make size. You know, 
Spiller, Spiller is just built to be that bowling ball at the goal line. And uh, I think that the team's going to rely on him in that role. So you have the handcuff role, and then you have potentially um, taking the goal line role on an offense that's prolific and going to score a lot of touchdowns. So that's why I take him over James Cook and some of the other guys. Yeah, and I think it's important to just add a little bit of context to this conversation that we're not saying to target these guys to be fantasy starters. No. We're just trying to kind of giving you a primer on who are these rookies that are coming into the league, where do they fall in drafts, what is their potential, what team are they even on, what position <laughs> do they play. You might log in a couple of days before your draft, see a bunch of names that you don't recognize, and it's important for you to, to figure out, okay, when am I willing to take a risk on these rookies? Uh, moving forward, looking at our 10th rookie on our list, we have another running back in Rashad White. He's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's going to be, I mean, I hesitate to say it because I'm out of shape myself, but he's hes fat Lenny's backup. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how long that, that moniker sticks because I think based on social media posts, Lenny's looking pretty svelte again. Oh, he's been, he's again. been hitting Planet Fitness. Yeah, he's, been, he's looking nice. <laughs> No, what is it? What is Planet Fitness? No, like everybody's gym or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's like a saying in the Planet Fitness where it says like "no something allowed," and I can't. We don't. We don't fat shame on this podcast. Zonks or something. I don't know. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it because I would be the one getting shamed. All right, so uh, Rashad White, he's coming out of uh, what is it? Arizona State. Arizona State. Yep. And um, he's got the the passing down potential to be a good third down back at least as a rookie Mm -hmm. and he's pretty good at at the position in general but mason hates him apparently uh, (laughs) he loves mason loves some people that we hate so we'll talk about them in a little bit but why are you out on rashad white mason i think there's been a a lot of you know fat shaming you know lenny like we said and i think you know I, I think Lenny's always had that issue where he's been, you know, out of shape coming into camp, but he's, you know, turned it around uh, with the Jaguars before and then, you know, with the Bucks. But I just don't see the Bucks coaching staff putting a rookie back there a lot of the time to go pass block for a guy like Tom Brady, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think Lenny's going to be on the field a lot. And, you know, if Rashad White can prove that he can pass block at the NFL level, uh, and not making mistakes because that was kind of the issue before with Bucks running backs. They couldn't catch passes out of the backfield, things like that. So if you can go in and minimize the mistakes, I think he'll be solid. But right now I just got him ranked at at 16 for the rookies this year. Yeah, it, it's it's a cliche, but I think Rashad White is certainly where he needs to prove that he's pro-ready. You look at his age, he came out pretty late, um, a la Najee Harris, Najee Harris last year. He's on the older side of rookie running backs. Um, One interesting tidbit that I knew when I was looking at dynasty picks, uh, he's older than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. His window for production in fantasy and in dynasty is going to be relatively small if he can't figure it out early on in his career. Dare I say, dare I say the Bellis Jones of rookie running backs. (laughs) Nobody nobody can aspire to be the Valus Jones of anything. Valus Jones is one of one. And uh I don't know. Valus Jones, awesome name. Mm-hmm. Have we no might faith get there, we also might not. <laughs> what? What'd you say? 
I said we might get to Bayless Jones today. We, we also might not. I uh, think that it will be quite some time before we get to Bayless Jones in this yeah. list, mm-hmm. uh, probably because he's the wide receiver 106 and <laughs> should be left uh, on the waiver wire. Yep, <laughs> undrafted. Thought about fully on the waiver wire, yeah. unless he can um, light the light the league on fire like a Sammy Watkins Week One performance. Um, but I don't really see that happening with Justin Fields. And uh, we've already talked about Valus too much already. Mm-hmm. Uh, next on our Rashad, list, yeah, one thing go about ahead. Rashad. So uh, we're seven Sundays away from uh, the first NFL Sunday. I want to I want to do a little countdown each episode. But seven Sundays is quite a bit of time for Lenny to get right. You know, he got paid, had too many cheeseburgers, whatever. You know, he has seven Sundays until he could get ready for the season. And uh, something about Lenny is he led the league for running backs target per game. He had six targets a game last season. So since Rashad White is, I would say a better pass catcher than Leonard Fournette, he profiles as a better pass catcher. I don't think that Leonard Fournette got six targets a game last season because he's this terrific, uh, terrific pass catcher. I, I just think that's what they wanted to do in the offense. So if White were to step up in that role, I think he could be pretty successful just given the amount of opportunity. Yeah. And one more thing about Lenny too, as Mm -hmm. I think he came out and said he was like 250 or something. And somebody said that he's in the mid two forties and his, I think his prime weights like 230. So that's what he's working towards. 220 by next week. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're good. I don't know if I misunderstood this, but I thought he was saying that like, Oh, he Lenny's 260 and he played at 228 last year. And then he tweeted like, I, I, I was at 245. I thought he meant that like he played at 245 last year. Maybe yeah, I, I misunderstood that. It doesn't matter. I don't matter. think we have Eddie Lacy 2.0. Yeah. That's all that matters. Know. Yeah. Next on our list, uh, we're going to speed it up a little bit because we're already past the top 10 of our rookie redraft rankings. We have Jalen Tolbert, who is a wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. And this mm-hmm. is a guy we're kind of alternating. Mason loves this guy and Joe hates him. So, why don't you sell me who's in the middle on why should I care about Jalen Tolbert? I think number one is he's, he's probably going to start at the beginning of the year. And yep. that's mainly because Michael Gallup is in, I think he, they might've talked about this on the ballers too, but I think, I think uh, who's the other receiver, Michael Gallup tore his ACL at the end of the season last year. So he mm-hmm. might not be ready. So it's just, and they traded Amari Cooper. So, I just think for pure opportunity, Jalen Tolbert could be there in one of the best offenses in the league and start right away. So that's yeah, why I his, got him up there at number eight. His competition really right now is James Washington, who mm-hmm. was unable to establish himself on the Pittsburgh Steelers and moves mm-hmm. over to the Cowboys. I don't really know much about Jalen Tolbert. He went to a small school. I think South Alabama was his yeah, alma mater. He impressed at the senior bowl. Yeah, he was pretty good. His, his I, tape's nice, too. I ranked him 10th, which is pretty good uh, because I saw that opportunity, but I don't know Mm -hmm. if I really believe in his ability to translate that opportunity into production considering he never has really faced the level of competition for an extended period of time that he'll Mm -hmm. see consistently in the NFL. Yeah, I'll be be real quick. Um, So you got cd lamb dalton schultz you're going to run the ball with Zeke. you want to get pollard more targets and then gallup's going to come back at one at some point so 
Uh, Tolbert, the opportunity's there. I think by the time that it means anything, Gallup's going to come back, and then uh, you're not going to get much production. Plus, Pollard could line up in the slot more, too. I can exactly. see him go two running back sets. Yeah, yeah so they're talking yeah. about it. Yeah, totally. But he's very good in the opportunities there. So he could seize it. All right, we go from Jalen to Jahan. I haven't heard that one pronounced very much, and I take pride in pronouncing names right. But I'm not sure. I think it's Jahan Dotson. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that, but we have him ranked pretty evenly, so I'll take it from here. Jahan Dotson is on the Washington Commanders. I almost said football team. Uh, it's better than the alternative. But uh, <laughs> Carson Wentz is going to be his quarterback when he, while he's a rookie. He's out of Penn State. Um, I saw the camp hype videos. He's looking pretty smooth in the routes. He has a good uh, high point catching ability. Um, but Jahan Dotson, the issue is that it's unlikely that Carson Wentz is going to be able to uh, keep and produce fantasy assets at the wide receiver position, uh, considering Jahan Dotson is going to be no more than the second receiver in that offense. You've got Terry McLaurin, who's going to command a lot of targets. There's not much left for Dotson to, to, to get in that offense. So mm-hmm. uh, He's going at wide receiver 61 in drafts, and I think that's important to note because at that price, that's I mean, what a wide receiver fought between a wide receiver five and a six. I'd say it's worth taking a shot on a guy like Dotson in as opposed to like punting on some I don't know what AJ Green's ADP is, but I'd much rather take the shot on a rookie like Dotson than mm-hmm. some known commodity wide receiver who's a veteran who you know he's gonna put up wide receiver three or four numbers. Mm-hmm. And um, when you have a guy like Dodson who could become a really good player in that offense eventually, I'd rather take a shot on a guy like him than than just punting and it, taking. And he was like taken decent. in the first round. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, very ignored, but uh, no, I agree with everything said. I don't have much else to add. Mm-hmm. All right, Same. so uh, Damian Pierce, running back for the Houston Texans. Uh, the Texans' backfield is gross, but somebody tell me why I should maybe consider Damian Pierce at his price, which is running back 49 in drafts. He's only got to beat out Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead, right? So I like his so chances. <laughs> yeah, no, the offense is going to be horrible, but uh, I don't know. I, th- I think Marlon Mack is better at this point of his career than Damian Pierce is. So, um, you know, he's going to be linked to Tyler Algier because they're both later round guys on crappy offenses who have an opportunity to become the starter. Um, I've watched both their tape quite a bit. I'm higher on Tyler Algier's skill set. So that is why I like Tyler Algier more. Um, if you want to go for Damian Pierce and hope for the best, I'm all for it. But uh, I see him ending up like a Royce Freeman. Yeah, when I mean, people used to be excited about Royce Freeman when he was coming That's what out. I'm saying. Oh, I used to be excited about Royce Freeman, let me tell you. But speaking of Tyler Algier, uh, the reason he's ranked this far down is because apparently I hate him. It's all your fault, uh, Derek. Because I, oh. I did not rank him in my top 20, uh, but he fell at 10th for Joe and 7th for Mason. So bring me, bring me to the side of you, Mason, on why I should be invested in Tyler Algier. Yeah, I think he could be the starter. For the Falcons, mm-hmm. uh, they you know 
Cordell Patterson lines up at wide receiver a lot. So I just think he's got an opportunity in front of him. And I think he went to BYU, right? He's pretty yep. solid. Running I was going to say Zach Wilson's running back. Maybe he has a little dog in him. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm taking that. I'm taking that gamble. Like, yeah. Damian Pierce, RB 49, Tyler Algier, RB 54. I would take Algier over, over Pierce. All day. And, yeah. Honestly, when I'm looking at it, based on the price tag, I would probably do the same thing. I'm just not confident in that Falcons offense. Nope. I think they're really going to struggle. But you are, you are confident in that Texans offense. No, I'm not confident in either. I just, <laughs> I just think that uh, when you get to the goal line, I think that Marcus Mariota's running ability is being a little bit underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, he even showed in his limited work for the Raiders last year that they would bring in packages where Mariota would line up near the goal line as quarterback oh, yeah. and try to run it in. So um, much like other offenses with the rushing quarterbacks, as long as Mariota is the quarterback when they get in close, there's always a threat that he's going to vulture those TDs from the, from the running backs, which is not going to happen for the Texans. Davis Mills is not going to be rushing in any Get into the goal line rushes. with his neck. His yeah. neck's long <laughs> enough to get in, you know. In by, in by the – just by neck – uh, so that's, that's probably why I'm down on Tyler Algier. Um, I also see veteran like Damian Williams being a little bit of a threat. I know that he should probably wash, but, um, a coach like, I think Arthur Smith is the coach. Like, yeah, I, I feel like maybe I'm talking out, maybe I'm talking completely false information, but I feel like he's more of an old school coach and he was with the Titans. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just projecting years. that his name yeah. is Arthur Smith. It sounds like an old school yeah. guy. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. But I also think that Cordell Patterson is going to get plenty of work, and um, he's going to be a value. Uh, next on our list is Christian Watson. Is he the wide receiver one for the Packers this year? They took him in the second round early on. Uh, the jury's still out. I know there's plenty of contenders for that position. So, Joe, why don't you walk us through uh, Christian Watson? What's his upside, but what is his concerns? Uh, freak athlete. That's like the first thing that comes to mind with Christian Watson. And uh, whenever you get a young freak athlete attached to Aaron Rodgers type talent, you're going to think, uh, you know, production's there. But then the thing about Aaron Rodgers is he hates rookies. Like, uh, unbelievable levels uh he you have to establish a trust and do I think Lazard long term is going to be more talented than Christian Watson absolutely not but in year one um honestly I I was hot and bothered by Lazard this season I've been getting a little bit less and less because I think it's going to be uh more inconsistent with who's going to be leading the team each game but if you want to take the gamble on Christian Watson, the opportunity's there. He has the quarterback, but I think more times than not, he's just not going to be very productive. Yeah, I think I remember, if I remember correctly, Alan Lazard was so touchdown dependent last year mm-hmm. that I'm pretty much out on him as the number one receiver in Green Bay too. Uh, the more and more and more closer, like the closer that the season gets, Mm-hmm. The more I think that none of the Packers receivers are really going to rise to the top and be yep. really good fantasy assets. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is superior to a combination of Jameis Winston and Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. But what we saw last year where the Saints really were missing 
a bona fide number one receiver, everyone pretty much just split the pie. Exactly. And nobody was actually Jones. good. I want Aaron Jones with a little side dipping sauce. AJ Dillon. I'm in on Romeo Dubs. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> I love I love me some Dubs. Maybe it's his name. I want to eat some Dubs. Uh, Go to the but Saints. I'm more... I'm more invested in dubs as a dynasty asset than a redraft. But if I had a choice between taking Romeo dubs as the wide receiver 104, pretty much free in drafts, if not on the waivers, I would much prefer that than taking the risk on Christian Watson, who's going as wide receiver 57, which is in the wide receiver four or five range, depending on how you draft the position. I would not feel comfortable having Christian Watson as my wide receiver four on any roster. No, I agree, Derek. I'm in the same boat as you. Um, so that was our top 15. I think briefly, we just want to mention some other rookies that you're going to want to keep an eye out for. They might not be uh, worthy of your pick in drafts, but you want to make sure that you're keeping an eye on their performances throughout the year. Uh, why don't we pick one specific rookie that we didn't mention that you want to talk about? I'll, I'll go first. Um, I already talked about Romeo Doves, but I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about uh, Tyler Beatty for the the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I have him ranked 20th, and that's kind of just not because I don't believe in his ability or his talent, but I think that um, it's going to be tough to identify who the top guy is in the Ravens' backfield until we get closer to the season. J.K. Dobbins was initially listed as he's going to be a pup candidate. He might not be ready for the season. And then he vehemently came out against that report saying, you don't know me, use me as a source. Uh, Like basically don't talk about me unless you're talking to me directly. Uh, And then you got Gus Edwards, who I think they did put on the pup list. If they did, Dobbins might be too. I I don't know if they put them on the pup list, but uh, it doesn't mean they're going to miss any games. It just might. It just they're just keeping some roster flexibility during training mm-hmm. camp. Gus Edwards is coming back from a knee injury as well. Then you got Mike Davis. Uh, I think in terms of Beatty, Mike Davis is the one who worries me the most about like interfering with Beatty Beatty's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because Mike Davis is good, but the Ravens proved last year that they don't really care if you're good at running back. No, you, they're, and if you're they'll old, put the you in. Because they relied on a combination of Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray, and Le'Veon Bell, who are all guys who we would say are washed. So Mike Davis fits the bill for a top running back for the Ravens if you're using that criteria. Uh, and oh, and Mason just added that Mike Davis is being drafted ahead of Tyler Beatty at running back 69. Nice while Beatty is uh, running back 77. I would much rather take the shot on Beatty. Uh, than the known commodity of Mike Davis. What is another rookie that we didn't mention that some of you are talk- thinking about? Why don't you go first, Joe? Okay. Uh, I want to take the time first just to uh, say prayers to John Mechie. I meant to say it at the beginning of the show. but uh, Oh, for he was sure. Di- yeah, he was diagnosed with uh, leukemia. That's the most curable form. But, uh, yeah, speedy recovery to John Mechie. We all loved him. I know Derek said it last episode even. But, uh, yeah, so speedy Yeah, I tried recovery. to trade for him Mechie. last week. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, so the, the rookie I want to talk about is Alec Pierce. Um, great, great production at Cincinnati, and uh, he's another freak athlete. What I like about him is he was taken in the second round. Um, you have Matt Ryan stepping in as a new quarterback, which 
whether it's a huge upgrade, it's going to be an upgrade from Carson Wentz last year. Um, people have questions about Michael Pittman as a bona fide wide receiver one. I like him a lot. I'm uh, I'm definitely looking to take him to on some redraft and dynasty teams this season. But I I think that Paris Campbell is probably his like sole competition for the wide receiver two. And he's done absolutely nothing so far in the NFL other than getting hurt. And I, I don't see this season being different. Every year there's hype. But, uh, yeah, no, I love Alec Pierce's situation. I love his athleticism. I think he's a mature player that probably le- needs a little less time to develop as some of these other raw players. And, uh, yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be tempted to take him towards the end of my draft. Who you got, Mason? Well, I was going to bring up David Bell because you guys know how much I love him, but <laughs> I got him at 25. Uh, and I think, let's see, Derek, you got him at 11. And Belder Joe, you got him at uh, 19. I just have him low because he's going to miss some games, but I love me some David Bell after this season. Plus, Watson's probably going to miss some time. So, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, love David Bell for Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't, I'll just say that try to, I love all the, AFC West handcuffs. So go draft like, or just keep an eye on at least like Isaiah Spiller, uh, Zamir White, even like Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs. These rookies running backs that are could potentially be like handcuffs and have great opportunities if anything were to happen to like the starting running back. So just keep an eye on those guys on the waiver wire. Yeah, just just names to know. Um, I did want to add a note, though. Jamison Williams, we didn't mention him. He's a rookie for the Detroit Lions. He went really early in the NFL draft. He's mm-hmm. recovering from a major knee injury. All signs are pointing to him missing some time, maybe coming back uh, midseason, even maybe later. Uh, it's going to take some time for him to adjust to the NFL. However, I had him ranked pretty high uh, just on a purely like upside play. Uh, if you have the ability to stash Jamison Williams on your IR, I would recommend it. Great uh, pick there, yeah, for IR. Yeah, but if you don't play in a league that has IR, I would not take Jamison Williams. I don't want to sit, have him sit on my bench for half the season, maybe even more, uh, just to – you still don't know if he's going to be good. It's not like Devontae Adams coming back from injury that you're just waiting mm-hmm. for a guy you know is a superstar. Uh his uh, his game tape is excellent. He is going to be a real deep threat once he's back to full health. Um, but the caveat is, like, you need to have an IR spot if you're going to be taking Jamison Williams or just maybe playing in a best ball league. Uh, despite his injury, his cost is still a little bit high for my liking. He's at wide receiver 58. Uh, and so that is really, again, I, I have to drill at home. Only if you have an IR spot should you be taking – Jamison Williams at that cost. Derek, who's the wide receiver on the Lions you want to take? Who's the wide receiver on the Lions I want to take? I actually thought about you said, this. You said his name about 50 times last episode. Um, actually, I mean, are you talking about at cost or like who do I think is going to be the best overall? Yeah, I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, I mean, I would rather take a shot on DJ Chark than on uh, St. Brown. Disgusting. If I'm being perfectly honest. And that's probably going to be an unpopular take, but I mean, DJ Chark is free, mm-hmm. and um, he's shown that he's able to produce yeah. before. I'm in on uh, I'm in exactly. on Amon Ra. Yeah, me too. 
Yeah, Chark I like wasn't him a exactly lot. in a juggernaut offense in Jacksonville, so nah. And he's, he's used yeah, to it. Now he has Jared Goff throwing to him. I love it. I mean, who was throwing to him when he was putting up good numbers? True. And I also <laughs> was very into him two years ago. So. Yeah, I mean, DJ Chark's burned me before, so maybe yeah. I'm just uh, a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome. Chark anyway, so that concludes our rookie list. It's certainly not an exhaustive list, but we covered pretty much who we would think is relevant to have on your rosters, at least to start the season and redraft. You've got plenty of other rookies that we didn't mention. You got Brian Robinson, Wandell Robinson. You have uh, Tyrion Davis Price, TDP on the mm-hmm. 49ers. You have George Pickens on the Steelers. He's a little bit buried on that depth depth chart. Depth chart. Pickens is a great dynasty pick because yeah. all signs are pointed Deontay Johnson leaving, and that Pickens is able to take that spot. You got Tyquan Thornton, the fastest uh, pit player in the draft. Uh, from New England, um, and then other guys to keep an eye on: Jalen Naylor. I believe he's on the Vikings. Is that correct, yep. Mason? Um, mm-hmm. Calvin Austin also on the Steelers. Pacheco was mentioned for the the Chiefs. Khalil Shakir on the Bills, and Desmond Ritter is pretty much the only quarterback that is a little bit on the radar. Besides Kenny Pickett, who also unlikely to start the season um, for the Steelers. So moving on. What we're going to do to close out the show, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, why don't you actually, why doesn't someone else step in and tell, tell the listeners what we're going to be doing? Yeah. So we're going to go and talk about three different players that we're out on for redraft next season. And we'll see if anybody disagrees and have some conversations. So, uh, Joe Belder, why don't you kick us off with your first three that you got? All right, so I'm going to get started and say Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So, uh, yeah, no, a lot of mixed opinions about uh, Clyde. Um, my opinion on him is he has not lived up to the hype since being a first-rounder back in 2020. Let's not forget that the Chiefs chose to draft him above Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. Now, imagine that offense with those two. Yeah, no, so I, I just think that year year after year since he's been drafted – I mean, it's not been that many years, but we're taking him because he's attached to Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs offense. I don't think that he's as skilled as we thought he was coming out of LSU. I don't think that he's a great system fit. Um, When he came back from injury from week 11 on last year, the team trusted Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon more than him. Now you insert Ronald Jones. Now, Ronald Jones has a lot of issues also, but... You know, he's he's a better rusher than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I see him being the goal line back, so you get all those touchdowns there. And then Jarek McKinnon's great in uh, third down opportunities. He's pretty good in the passing work. Um, I think he has the most – this is pretty random, but the most bench presses in combine history, Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Strong, yeah, he's Wait, a strong what? dude. He's he not does. big. Yeah, I know. So he's a strong dude, and uh, I think they're going to trust him on third down to – on passing down to protect the quarterback. So I just don't think that the cake's as big for CEH and, uh, plus Rojo Ronald Jones is there and he's, I think Ronald Jones is a solid running running back that does a good job with that. So his, uh, so CEH, his ADP is, uh, six Oh three, Joe, when, when would you take him? Like, would you ever, were you just out on him? Like I will not draft him. Yeah. So his ADP is actually not horrible, which is kind of funny, but I would I would probably take him and it, it would it would be a big slip, but like the eighth round, I probably wouldn't hesitate to take him. But nice. uh I just don't 
he's not a player I want to take. Like, I see that the value's there. I know all about the vacated targets. I see the offense he's on. The list goes on and on about things that could make him good. I just don't think he's good. Mm-hmm. Derek, why don't you we why don't you pick one of one of your three that you got, and uh, we'll talk through that. Sure. So my first guy that I'm out on, particularly at his current ADP, is James Conner. Um, I I just think that we have like blinders on for what James Conner was before last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, guys can break out and continue that excellence, but we're talking about a 27 year old running back who has never really shown an ability to stay healthy. And then he produced a very heavily touchdown dependent top, uh, top finish last year in fantasy football. And I just don't think that he can do it again. Uh, we saw a, a down, like a down year in terms of rushing touchdowns for Kyler Murray. Once he came back from that injury last season, he wasn't really rushing it around the goal line. They were just pounding it in with James Conner. Uh, he's going to get his, but at his current cost as a third rounder, where if you go wide receiver early, he's going to be maybe your, your running back two and even possibly your running back one if you maybe go tight end then wide receiver or wide mm-hmm. receiver tight end. I just don't trust James Conner as one of my focal points of my fantasy lineup. Uh, I just I don't think that the touchdowns are going to come there again. Um, I know that, I mean, we're, we're all big fantasy footballers fans. The fantasy footballers love the Cardinals, and they love James Conner as a top 10 option again this year. I'm out on James Conner. I don't think he's going to replicate it, and I think there's a good chance. I mean, I'm not wishing injuries on anybody, but history tells us that James Conner is unlikely to put, a, put together a healthy season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he had, uh, he had 15 rushing touchdowns last season and added three uh touchdowns through the air and uh yeah no normally players with uh that kind of production where most of the fantasy points came on touchdowns i'm not really in on because it's it's very hard to replicate and like you said uh he's gotten injured in the past his season in terms of like comparing it to a wide receiver reminds me of like debo samuel where uh, they, they both had huge seasons last year, but uh, both are kind of injury prone, and I don't see either of them replicating close to what they did last year. So yeah. I'm not out on James Conner. Um, I'm taking James Conner over Saquon Barkley, personally. Like see, a lot would, of people. Yeah, I'd rather people take like Saquon. Saquon. I could have I used Saquon for this. Uh, it would have been too bold because I absolutely do see a world where he could have a terrific season. But, yeah, so James Conner, uh, not to get too far off track, I wouldn't say I'm out on him, but based on the touchdowns that he had last season, and I think that's built into a lot of people's value on him, I don't think it's repl- uh, easily re- replicated. So, Yeah, to I'm close my argument, among the top 24 running backs in PPR, Conner had the second highest percentage of his points come exclusively from touchdowns. That was mm-hmm. 41.9%. That only wow. person who had more points come from his touchdowns, like percentage-wise, was Damian Harris, who we all know had virtually no passing upside. So he was just a pure rusher and a touchdown scorer. I'd rather take Daryl Williams on that offense. But Mason, how do you feel about James Conner? Um, I think we should, yeah, keep it short because we should uh, move to the – got plenty of guys to talk about here. 
Yeah, real quick, I'm looking at his stats. It looks like his receiving work really upticked after Kyler got hurt, and that's where he had some of his biggest games. And so that that's I, – I would agree with Derek that in the third round, I'm probably not comfortable taking James Conner, but fourth or fifth round, I don't think he'll be there, but mm-hmm. that's more my – cup of tea for him uh so yeah let's see let's jump to you guys both picked running backs uh my running back that i didn't like we already talked about james cook so you, everyone knows how, how i feel about james cook uh so i'm gonna talk about jerry judy his adp is the fifth round third pick and the reason why i'm out on him is because i'm just a fan of Cortland sutton and i think sutton is going to be that guy for russell wilson and you know i think isn't there a stat like russell wilson's always had a top 12 wide receiver since he's been a quarterback so i'm i'm just i believe it i don't know that you could tell me that i believe it (laughs) so i'm i'm in on Cortland sutton and i'm out on jerry judy um and I think his fifth round's a little steep for me for a guy that I don't know who's going to be the number one wide receiver for that mm-hmm. team. Yeah, I'll be I'll be really quick. I, I completely agree with you. Um, very fine taking Sutton. I think he's the wide receiver one. Then I skip through Judy. Don't want him. Very interested in Tim Patrick. Interested in KJ Hamler. But yeah, Judy's kind of the middle guy in that offense. Uh, too many red flags for me to really pay up for him. I'm right there with you. I I really have no interest in taking Jerry Judy. I I know that he's still just so beloved mm-hmm. in the fantasy football community, but have you seen his Bama tape? He's not put together anything worth where he's going in drafts. Uh, I I would be so nervous and sweating every week to have him as my wide receiver too on my lineup. Uh, Joe, why don't we talk about one more of your guys? Uh, that you're out on at ADP right now. Okay. Um, so we got two here, but we're only going to talk about one. So the two are Tyler Lockett and Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers is pretty obvious because of uh, coming back from injury and his production last year when he came back. So I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. And that's uh, Cam Akers is going at the third round 11th pick currently. based Exactly. On the ADP. Yeah, the ADP is ridiculous for somebody coming back from an injury that series. But, uh, yeah, so Tyler Lockett um, – him and, him and Russell Wilson went together like spaghetti and meatballs. You know, the, those two were <laughs> Who was meant to play football. You know, let's say Russ. Unlimited. Let, let Russ cook. Unlimited. Actually, that would make him the meatballs. They were the Olive Garden. Unlimited yeah. breadsticks unlimited and breadstick. pasta. Yeah, so you had unlimited breadsticks and pasta. <laughs> and now you have Drew Locke and or Geno Smith as your quarterback. Those are the worst breadsticks I've ever yeah. had in mind. The combination I like to fondly call the locksmith. Ooh, I like it. As in, you're not getting through to score points with them. 100%. I don't know. I just made that up on the fly. That's what they will that's not. What this is for. The locksmith will not unlock your fantasy football potential. Definitely. But uh, anyway, so back to Lockett. Almost 30 years old, five foot ten. Um, Thrives on beautiful deep balls from Russell Wilson uh, that are no longer there. So it's just like, okay, you want you want to take DK Metcalf, built in a lab, young budding superstar, all for it. Um, people are people are down on him, so his ADP is getting a little bit better based on the quarterback situation. But I just think that even if Lockett does have a few games, like big games here and there, because he is a terrific football player, he's just going to be so inconsistent with the current quarterback situation. That I, I just won't take him. Let me throw a wrench in your argument. Yep. 
the Seahawks sign or trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Like him a whole lot more, even though Jimmy Cheat's not that good. He's just or, a lot better than their current situation. Or DK Metcalf gets traded. Then is maybe he's yeah, a little bit yeah. more interesting. Yeah. But Noah Fant, Noah Fant would actually capitalize the most if Jimmy G went there, in my opinion, just based on uh, the way that Jimmy G plays. All right. So uh, the guys that I had on my list um, were Allen Robinson and Debo Samuel. Uh, I'm going to talk about Allen Robinson. Uh, he's going in the sixth round, round pick two, and that is just too rich for me right now. Agreed. Uh, He's going to be the wide receiver, too, in that Rams offense, which was great last year with Robert Woods until he got hurt. Uh, once Odell Beckham showed up, he also produced. He scored touchdowns. That's all great. Allen Robinson was terrible last season. It's it's hard to understate how bad he really played. He His highest pro- production on a week was 10.8 PPR points. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. That, I do not want to take the risk on that in the sixth round to be probably my wide receiver two, wide receiver three, depending on how I'm doing my roster construction. Allen Robinson might be great. I'm just not going to be the one who like gets to benefit from that, that production. I just don't trust him. I want guys that I know have the potential to finish as top 12, top 20 options. And although I can see a scenario where Allen Robinson does do that with a lot of touchdowns from Matthew Stafford, he just feels way too risky in my book to take him that early in drafts. I think, I mean, I actually tried to trade for him, full disclosure, in Dynasty at one point, or I was testing the waters with Mason because I'm like, okay, I have Matthew Stafford. I want to stack him with Allen Robinson. That's going to be great. But I've just been more and more hesitant to really put any kind of faith in Allen Robinson bouncing back from the wretched season that he had last year. Yeah, I think you're really just buying into the Rams offense, right? Just buying into a starter and just hoping that last year was a fluke with him. So I definitely see the risk there in the sixth round. Yeah. Because I see both sides of it. I mean, Allen Robinson was dejected on the field last year. He apparently didn't get along with Matt Nagy. Uh, he was on the franchise tag. He really clearly, I guess, just didn't want to be there. And um, he obviously wants to be in L.A. He signed with them. Pretty good contract. Uh, but there's a chance, there's a non-zero chance that Allen Robinson is just washed. And I don't want to mm-hmm. be the guy holding him in my roster as uh, a start when he's washed yeah and I'm, I'm not, not, i won't i'm not saying he is washed but there is a possibility yeah i'm i'm, I'm uh definitely out on him as well uh i'd rather take a bunch of other players in the sixth round um you know maybe he just wasn't trying at all that's like a bold assumption for somebody that gets paid to play football but uh you know darnell mooney last season with a combination of Dalton fields as his quarterback had over a thousand yards uh four receiving touchdowns so like you just look at the production that Allen Robinson had and like we can make every excuse for why the production wasn't there. Most of the time people were, you know, just saying he didn't care last season. But uh yeah, I think I think like you said, there there's definitely a chance that he's just not the player he used to be. Um Stafford could definitely bring some life out of him, but in the sixth round of a redraft, um I'm just taking someone else. 
yeah, I'd rather I'd rather yeah. take Mooney at six eleven than Absolutely. Allen Robinson. Yep. So. Yeah, because he's I mean in even in best ball drafts he's going at wide receiver twenty three. Yeah, I don't get it. That is absurd. I mean, I looked at his rankings last year. He averaged seven point three points per game for wide receivers who played more than eight games. That was seventy eighth. It was pretty bad. <laughs> it was very bad. Uh, why don't you close us out here, Mason? Yeah, so Tell us who you got. Obviously, I talked about James Cook earlier, but my last guy, and this people might not want to hear this, but I got Kyle Pitts, who's going in the third round, fourth pick. He's the third tight end off the board. Like I said earlier about the Atlanta Falcons offense, I mean, he's probably going to be the number one target. Uh, I just think that I'd rather take a position player in my redraft lineup, uh, you know, a better running back, a better receiver, and then punt the tight end position, like draft a Hunter Henry or a David Njoku or something late, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. So that's really the reason why I'm out on Kyle Pitts. Love him for dynasty, but I'm out on him for next season uh, at, at that price tag in the third round. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, for the tight end position, it is – Kelsey, Mark Andrews, or Bust. I don't want anybody in between until we get to Dalton Schultz because you guys know I love me some Dalton Schultz. And then, uh, yeah, just go to punting the position from there. So, yeah, like guys like Kittle and, um, yeah, any, anywhere in that range, like Darren Waller, Pitts, I'm, uh, I'm letting someone else draft him and I'm focusing on other positions. Yeah, it's tough because I think he's so good at football but I agree. I really don't want to prioritize taking pits in round three over guys like I mean, James Conner. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'll take pits. Well, I would, I mean, I would probably take pits over Connor in a vacuum, but I wouldn't take either of them at their current ADP, but that's going to wrap it up for, for tonight's episode for today's episode. Uh, thanks again for listening. If you're hearing this, that means you're listening and we appreciate you. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We got at Joe Beldner, B E L D N E R. And we have at Joseph Mason 94. And I am at NARPDAD, N A R P D A D. Thanks again for listening to the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. If you have any questions for us for the show, we'd love to listen. Uh, we'd love to answer them on the air. So send them our way on Twitter. And we'll be back with you next week with another great episode.